All right, you guys. Well, so good to be with you today. We are uh, jumping back into our series. We're, 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 we're uh, talking about the Holy Spirit producing good fruit in our lives. We get this out of Galatians chapter 5. So we're going to put that on the screen and read that today. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And this is con- contrasted with the fruit that we produce out of our sinful nature, out of our flesh, apart from the Holy Spirit. But here's kind of our slogan for this series, which admittedly is cheesy, but I hope it gets stuck in your head and I hope it gets stuck in your heart because this is the difference between thriving and striving. This is it. Where the Spirit flows, the good fruit grows. The critical thing in this passage is that it's not us. It's not you. It's not me. It's not out of our own effort that we produce good fruit. It's not out of our own earning. It's not out of our own obligatory religious duty doing the right thing and stacking up victories in our moral or spiritual disciplines, the Holy Spirit is the one that produces the fruit in our lives. And so our role is not to create the fruit any more than a pear tree can produce, you know, it doesn't, it's not out of its effort that it's producing fruit. It's not out there in the field going, ah, and out of this great effort producing fruit, it is created to do that when it has the right sun and nutrients, right, and water, and the right environment. And so our role is to create an environment for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Somebody says, yes. 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 You're like, aren't we supposed to say amen? No, not in that moment. You can say amen later when we get more churchy, okay? But right now we just say yes. So it's the Holy Spirit that produces fruit in our lives. And the difference, the choice that we've got is between striving and thriving. How many of you know you can, you can work really hard to be a quote-unquote good Christian? You can work really hard to do the right thing. Maybe you're here today, you're not a follower of Jesus at this point. Thank you for being here and thank you for leaning in. I want to let you know there's nothing that you can do to make yourself right with God. It's all an act of receiving what God has done for you. And when you're a follower of Jesus, those of us that are following Jesus, what we know is you can work really hard, but we have no ability or capacity to produce the the good fruit. It comes from the Holy Spirit flowing through our life. What we are responsible for, what we can do is create an atmosphere, an environment, prepare the garden of our heart. Yes? And so today we're talking about the fruit of peace. Somebody say peace. peace. Right now in our world, everybody's looking for peace. Because we live in an age of fear, don't we? Peace is at a premium. And it's interesting, you might not call it peace, but people are looking for, you know, resolution. I want to get my past. I want to get therapy to deal with what's going on in my life and the trauma and the difficulties and the pain and all of the agony. You know, and there's so much fear that's being pushed out in our culture. Now, it, it's always been, uh, the world's always been a fearful place. On this side of eternity, as God's perfect creation was marred by sin, there's always been fear. You go back generations, it's not like we have a premium on it. You know, we're the only ones that have fear. No, it's not like that at all. But this is a fearful time. And so peace is at a premium. But it's interesting because if you go back in history, uh, there's a, uh, a, a publication called the Personnel Journal. They reported this statistic, which I think is amazing. They said, since the beginning of recorded history, the entire world has been at peace less than 8% of the time less than 8% of the time. In its study, the periodical discovered that of the 3,530 years of recorded history, only 286 years saw peace. 
Moreover, in excess of 8,000 peace treaties were made and broken, which I think, I believe that because that's about the average of how many peace treaties my kids break every week between themselves, right? Fighting over Netflix and fighting over who gets to sit at what table, what seat at the table. How many, any other parents have this? This, today I had to, um, I had to rule as the father of the house. I was walking through and my children were bickering about Netflix. There's like 9,000 things to watch and they can't agree on one. You know what I mean? So they're fighting. So I just said, turn it off. And then I curmudgeonly walked off, right? That's what the role of a dad, right? Uh, But it makes sense. Our world craves peace, but peace is not something that just comes natively or naturally to us. Throughout history, only 8% of the time was the world actually at peace. Now, look at our own day and age when we've got so much fear, whether we're talking about pandemic, whether we're talking about wars, whether we're talking about politics, whether we're talking about the economy. uh, Peace is at a premium. Peace is something that everyone pursues. And what I believe the Lord would speak to you today is that we are called to uh, not have a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. You know, many people will, will, because of fear, actually abort their destiny, abort their calling. They will, they will kill and crush the dream of God that he's put in their heart, what God has formed and fashioned them to do in the name of safety or in the name of playing it safe or even in the name of wisdom. But I believe what what the Lord would speak to you today is that your portion is not fear. You're not called to live in fear. Oh no, he's talking about pandemic. No, I'm not talking about the pandemic. If the shoe fits, wear it. You apply it for your life. What I'm talking about is that we as followers of Jesus, and and even if you're not a follower of Jesus today, maybe watching online, maybe checking this out for the first time, God wants to give you not a spirit of fear, but of a spirit of power of love and of a sound mind where fear does not rob you of your potential and fear does not rob you of your destiny and fear does not suppress you and keep you down from who God's called you to be. Now you can say amen. amen. All right. That was a weak amen, but I'm, I'll let you guys off with a, with a warning this time. All right. Isaiah chapter 41 says this. I love this scripture. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. That's what the Lord says to us. He's with us. He's our God. He will strengthen us, help us, and uphold us. Our portion is not fear. Our portion is not torment. Our portion is not anxiety. Our portion is freedom as the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of peace in our lives. So let's talk about preparing a place for the fruit of peace I want to give you three things today, three handholds on this message. Number one, guard the garden of your heart. Guard the garden of your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Your heart is the nexus. It's the terminal, right? It's that interchange, the bus stop of everything in your life where everything comes in and everything goes out. Every decision you make, every thought you think, every emotion you feel, every relationship you have, it flows in and out of your heart. And so scripture says, guard your heart. Another part of, uh, in the scripture says, uh, the heart is deceitfully wicked who can know it. Our culture says, follow your heart, trust your heart. What does your heart tell you, right? Scripture says, wait a second, guard your heart. Why? Because everything flows from it. Here's the deal. When it comes to peace, there are lots of 
of, uh, of different people. They're the enemy of your soul. Even Satan and even the world wants to plant seeds of fear in your heart so that the fruit that grows is what comes from fear rather than the fruit of peace that the Holy Spirit produces. And so God says, guard your heart because everything flows from it. Don't follow your heart, guard your heart. I want to challenge you that in this past year, I mean, 2020 was a scary year. How many of you would go, yeah, there was like some scary stuff, even if all you were afraid of was the unknown? Anybody else? I felt fear. I felt fear about my family. I felt fear about my finances. I felt fear about my own health. I felt fear uh, that I wouldn't get an organ duck season. <laughs> That's like one of my biggest fears. And it came to pass, you know. Uh, oh, we still got a little bit of a season, but... How many of you go, yeah, man, there was like a lot of freaky stuff. And how many of you right now would say, yeah, there's still fear in the world. Anybody want to participate today? You guys are leaving me high and dry up here. Come on. It's like first service came more caffeinated than y'all. All right. I'm just having fun. But I felt a lot of fear uh, through the past year. And I, and I know Bethany and I had many conversations where we said, you know what? We're not going to let that take root in us. We're not going to now live our life or, or make moves and do the big things. We're not going to let our heart be filled with seeds of fear because we don't want that fruit in our life. That's not our portion. But I want to encourage you to stop letting the seeds of fear get planted in your garden. Many, many of you need to stop watching so much news. And did you know that like the news and social media, it's, it's a game and you're the pawn and you're getting played. You're the, you're the hog that's getting fattened up for slaughter. Hello? The, the, the money gets made when you click, when you watch, when you tune in. And what sells is fear. What sells is, is this keeping everyone on the edge of their seat. What's going to happen next? When COVID stopped kind of being the main thing that everyone was supposed to be deathly afraid of, that was going to destroy the whole world and everything was going down and, you know, fire and ruin, all of a sudden you notice now it was back to terrorism and what's happening in the Middle East. And it'll be something else tomorrow. And guess what? You don't have to play along. You can say, God does not give me a spirit of fear. I don't have to let these seeds of fear get planted in my garden. Let me tell you the problem with fear. Fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Fear has been described as false evidence appearing real. But what happens with fear is that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I remember one time Bethany and I went on our 10-year anniversary. We went down to Palm Springs. Anybody ever been down to Palm Springs, Coachella Valley? It's really cool. It's a total desert, uh, blazing hot in the summer. And when we went down there, they have, you know, all the desert creatures. And so they actually have cockroaches and things like that. So we were staying at a pretty nice, you know, resort. And uh, I walked into the bathroom one of the days and I saw this roach. And of course I was like, yeah, no problem. Super manly masculinity. No, I screamed like a girl. Ah! And uh, that roach lived in my head rent free the rest of the week. I was so afraid. So anytime, I didn't even go to the bathroom for a week, guys. I just held it. <laughs> Too scared, you know. I go in there, grab my toothbrush, run out, brush, look at, you know, both ways. I mean, I was literally, this is true, huh? I would walk in, I'd be like looking everywhere. I mean, I, had, I was bug-eyed, literally. Where's the roach? I was freaked out. And uh, what happened, though, is I never saw the roach again, but I did physical damage to myself. Because of fear, I was getting in the shower and I thought I saw it skitter and I, bam, I slammed my shin right into the, into the, the, <laughs> the bathtub. Then I was in the bathroom, I, uh, gonna brush my teeth or something and I thought I saw it on the, uh, like coming, crawling out. So I, I reacted and I punched the wall, and, you know, basically broke my, my hand and wrist. And I never saw the stupid cockroach again. Fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
Did you know that in most cases, what you fear the most is never going to happen, but the more you fear it, the, the better the chance that it will. But even if the thing that you were afraid of actually came to pass, what about the time you wasted and invested in living your life in fear, giving away freedom, giving away fulfillment, giving away the destiny of God and the purpose of God because you were living in fear and you end up creating the reality that you, that you are afraid of? So many people in our day and age are afraid of losing their life and they've given all of their life away. I, and, and I'm not being critical of anyone. I mean, every, nobody knew how to handle a pandemic. I'm, you know, it's just making some observations about this. I was in a group recently on a Zoom call and somebody said, I'm so happy I, I, I saw my parents after it's been like, you know, two years or whatever, a year and a half. And I was like, man, that's, that's so sad. So many people lost loved ones they never went and saw and all these kind of things. And many times at the root of it is a fear-driven approach to life. And oftentimes fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So let me ask you this question. What are you feeding on? What, is, what seeds are, are you allowing to be planted in your garden? Whose report do you believe? Are you spending more time on the news and social media and just drinking in toxicity of fear culture and social media and anger and rage and all this kind of stuff? Or are you, or are you letting the Word of God be what is richly planted inside of the garden of your heart? Are you guarding your heart or are you just following your heart? Right? Are you actually saying, you know what, what comes inside of me is like a garden and do I want to eat the harvest of that or would I rather not? Because if you don't want the harvest of fear, don't let it get planted. Come on. If you don't want the end result, don't get started right now. And let me just tell you, if you don't get anything else out of today, just get this. God's portion for you, what he has for you is not fear, it's faith and it's being wise and it's doing things in a wise way, but not letting fear control your life and move you uh, like, a, like a kite on a string. Come on. So guard the garden of your heart, number one. Number two, as we prepare a place for the fruit of peace, the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives. Number two is this. Keep your mind on God. Keep your mind on God. Another way you could say it is keep your eyes on your fries. Come on. Uh, my kids are so funny. They, they're very possessive of their fast food. Like we buy them McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever. And I'll be like, hey, can I have a nugget? Jack had like 20 nuggets the other day, right? right? Was that, his grandma had purchased, we would never get him 20 nuggets. We're not rich, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is there a coupon, you know what I mean? But uh, uh, Jack had like 20 nuggets and I'm like, son, now, like, you understand something about Jack. Jack eats so slowly, he's still eating that meal. That was two days ago. He will never, ever finish all of his food. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody have kids like this? Jack is still eating Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> he will be eating it when we approach it again. Uh, he, he moves slowly, right? And, and that's fine. He's, deliber he's very deliberate and he does his thing. But he also, kids, you know, they, they rarely finish all their food. So I said, son, can I have a chicken nugget? And he, You'd, you'd have thought I was asking Gollum for the ring. You know what I mean? It was, he didn't, it was just very <laughs> possessive. And, uh, you know, but like I, the kids know, dad is kind of, I'm there, I'm hovering, right? Keep your eyes on your fries. <laughs> they're, they're very guarded of it. When it comes to fear though, we want to keep our mind on God. It says in Isaiah chapter 26, verse three, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. 
This word here, what it's talking about is locking on like a radar lock, you know, like in Top Gun, the missile lock or something, when you get locked onto your target. We want to so fix our thoughts, fix our attention, fix our affection upon God that nothing else can compete for that attention. That it's just locked onto him. And that is uh, what creates this perfect peace. It says he will keep in perfect peace all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. When fear comes to steal your peace, as it inevitably will, there will be something to be afraid of, whether it's COVID or whether it's a war, whether it's inflation or whether it's your candidate not getting elected or whether it's the, you know, that the, the Huskies will beat the Ducks. That's not going to happen. But, you know, whatever you're afraid of, whenever fear comes to steal your peace, that is the moment to lock your mind, lock your thoughts upon God's goodness and his faithfulness and his glory. And soon you'll smell that sweet fruit of peace growing up in your life when you keep your, your thoughts upon God. There's a story in the Bible about Jesus. He sends his disciples across the lake of, of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. He says, go to the other side and, uh, you know, meet you there or whatever. They go out into the lake and there's this storm and as it, it's very late at night, and all of a sudden they see a figure on the water, and they go, it's a ghost, right? It's like the irrational uh, behavior in the middle of the night. And uh, Jesus calls out. He says, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's really you, call me and, and, and tell me to come to you out on the water. Jesus says, come. So Peter steps out of the boat, and he's the only human in recorded history that actually walks on water. He gets out of the boat, and he takes some steps on water. And he's walking to Jesus. And it says when he takes his eyes, but then he, he, he looked away. He got his eyes off Jesus. And it was that moment that he began to sink. Now thank God that Jesus worked for the Coast Guard and was able to you know, pull him up and, and get him. But it was in the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus that the script got flipped from walking in the supernatural to walking in the natural. Let me just tell you right now that in our day and age, if you're going to make an impact, if you're going to live a spirit-filled life, you need to walk in the supernatural to, to really make it today, to really make a difference today, to make an impact and to be who God's called you to be. You need to walk in the supernatural. And we stay in the supernatural when our eyes are fixed upon Jesus, when we keep our thoughts on him and we don't, get, we don't lose focus and start looking from left to right. And, and when we take our eyes off him is when we go in back into natural thinking and that's where you begin to sink. So I want to encourage you today to keep your mind on God. One of the things that I noticed I really needed to do in this past season is I was listening to a lot of just, you know, good music on Spotify, whatever, watching TV, movies, all kinds of stuff, just drinking very deeply of, of entertainment. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with watching TV. Nothing wrong with listening to whatever kind of music. But I could tell that my, my attention and my focus and my thoughts were drifting away from the Lord. And so I said, you know what? Um, I'm going to get a really, really good worship playlist of all these great worship music. And I'm just going to, I'm going to spend time every single day listening to that worship music in the Word. And I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. And I'm telling you, it was transformative in my life, even over these last few months. You go, man, he's a pastor. Like, aren't you supposed to be doing that all the time? Well, I'm only a pastor on Sunday. The rest of the week, I'm just Jake. And I'm, you know, I'm just a total schlep and I want to follow Jesus, right? Uh, anybody relate to that, right? You're like, no, we're all really good Christians. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Pharisees. Anyways, um, I was like realizing my attention, my affection, my focus is drifting off of the Lord. And so something as simple and practical as being like, hey, I'm going to get some good worship music and just sit in his presence and look at him. 
keeps me on track. So keep, number two, keep your eyes on God. Keep your mind on God. Number three, this is one that I think is so strong. This is really where I believe God wants to speak to some people today. There is always peace in the presence of God. There is always peace in the presence of God. Let me tell you this right now. You can't bring peace to the world around you unless you are at peace on the inside. You cannot carry the peace of God, the peace of the kingdom of God, the relief and the comfort and the hope and the life of the kingdom of God if you are not a possessor of it for yourself. God has called you to be an ambassador. It talks about this in the scripture that if you belong to Jesus, you are called to be an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador, where they walk, becomes the sovereign territory of the the kingdom they represent. As a believer in Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, you're called that wherever you go, there's this bubble of peace that whenever you walk into the room, whatever anxiety, whatever fear, whatever torment, whatever demonic uh, stuff going on, whatever ah, craziness is going on, dysfunction, that when you show up, there's actually this atmosphere that comes into the room and it's not you or your strength, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through you, the kingdom of peace, right? The, the very spirit of Jesus working through you that actually brings peace to the atmosphere. That's what's called what you're called to walk in is to bring that bubble of peace wherever you go. But if you don't have peace, then you can't do that. And here's what I want you to understand. Wherever God's presence is, his kingdom is, his authority is, and there is a covering of peace, there is always peace in the presence of God. And so if you are not bringing that peace with you, what it probably indicates is that you're not carrying his presence with you where you go. But if you are in his presence, there is always peace. I was in Israel a couple years ago. Pastor Mark and I were there, and we stood at this valley uh, overlooking the road to Damascus. And it was about, I think, 25, 30, 35 miles up to Damascus. And the guy that we were with, Elliot Chodoff, his name was, he said, hey, just a heads up, there are like, I think it was 150 or 120 or whatever. Within about a three to five mile radius of where we stand right now are 150 of the world's most dangerous terrorist organizations that are actively operating. And we're like, cool, let's get back on the bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, he goes, but don't worry. Um, you can't hear it. You can't see it. You don't know they're there, but right above us are two uh, fighter jets from the Israeli Air Force. And uh, in about 15 seconds, they can rain down hellfire and brimstone on anybody pulling any shenanigans. And they're always there. So there's peace. And I thought, man, what a, what a great picture of how it is when you are a kingdom citizen. There's always an air cover, the air cover of heaven that when you walk into any toxic, crazy, dysfunctional, messed up, screwed up situation, when you walk into the room and the doctor says, here's your diagnosis and, you're and you know, there's no hope for you, you go, hmm, I don't feel it, I don't see it, I don't hear it, but I know he's up there. I know there's a cover over me and I'm not going to succumb to this pressure and this stress because I, I carry peace with me. If God is here, I walk in peace. When I was a child, I used to have these terrible fevers and uh, I feel like I'm telling a story from the 1800s there I was in delirium. But I, when I was a kid, I would get really bad fevers. And I remember getting, uh, del being delirious. And so when it got really bad, my parents would have me come and sleep in their room. They had this old gray couch. And I would, you know, uh, watch Star Trek The Next Generation, you know, a kid in the early 90s, you know, on TV and go to bed. And I'd have these terrible nightmares. And so they'd have me sleep in their room and I'd be feverish and just delirious. 
And I'd be, I'd be imagining people coming up the, the side of the house to get me, and I would start, you know, crying out in the night. And all of a sudden, my, I'd hear my dad's voice, Son, it's okay. We're here. It's okay. My mom would put her hand on me. It's okay. I'm here, honey. It's all right. In the presence of your father, in the presence of love, there's peace. Nothing can get you. You're okay. God is here. In his presence, there is always peace. You see, what we need to understand is that there's a difference between pressure and stress. Oftentimes, our lack of peace is that we are stressed out. We create stress. But let's talk about the difference between pressure and stress. Pressure is what comes from the external environment. Stress is the response we create in response to that pressure. When you hear about pandemic and you hear about wars and you hear about inflation and you hear about mobs rioting through the streets or whatever and you go, there's that reaction. The external environment is the pressure that's coming to crush you. When you get a bad diagnosis, when something goes on in your life, you get the call, your family member's been in an accident. That's the external pressure coming. Stress is the response that we create. But when you have the presence of God, when he's with you in those moments, there's nothing that can overpower him. There is nothing stronger. There is nothing more good. There is nothing more powerful than the God of the universe who is with you in those moments. And therefore, you don't have to be in stress even in the midst of conflict. You can actually be at peace in the middle of the storm. Where the presence of God is, there is always peace. He is the alpha dog. He shows up in the room and there's nothing, there's no boogeyman, there's nothing scary, there's no disease that can stand against him. Where he is, there will be peace because there is nothing greater than God. And so the challenge is, are we going to stay in his presence? Peace is not the absence of conflict, it's the presence of God. Psalm 23, 5, King David wrote this. He was a man who walked in such fearful circumstances. There was, for 13 years, he fled for his life. He literally lived as a refugee, an exile, living from cave to cave as King Saul and his professional armies hunted him to kill him. And he wrote these words. He said, you, speaking of the Lord, prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Literally sitting down at table, we're going to have pasta today. Uh, Amen. In Jesus' name. Come on. Sitting down at the table and your enemies are all around you in a circle. Ah, oh, we're going to get you. So, you know, and what David was depicting is that God prepares a place of peace and a place of fulfillment and a place where you're okay despite what's going on around you. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to get this today. Right? I'll, I'm just going to keep preaching until somebody gets it. You know, Maybe I'm not explaining it well. But no matter what is going on around you, the pressure that comes, God has prepared a feast for you, a place of peace, a place of safety. Nothing is more powerful than God. In his presence, there is always peace. And so here's the question. What if we just lived in his presence all the time? What if instead of letting, following our heart, what if instead of taking our eyes off of God and getting distracted and looking every which way, What if we said, no, there's always peace in his presence, and I'm going to make my sole purpose in life, not trying to convince people to wear a mask or not wear a mask, not trying to convince people to get a vaccine or not get a vaccine, or to vote this way or vote that way, or figure out this or figure out that, not to get people convinced in my opinions. What if it was just my purpose to be in the presence of God always and carry peace wherever I go? I've realized that my opinions don't really matter all that much. Many of us in this room disagree about 
everything, <laughs> including what sport team to you know, root for. Our opinions really don't matter that much. What matters is are you connected with the God of heaven who loves you desperately? Are you in his presence? And is he working in your life and working through your life? Come on, somebody. There's always presence in, there's always peace in the presence of God. So what if we lived in his presence? What if that was our pursuit? What if we said, God, I'm not going to worry about the left, the right, the, the politics. I'm not going to worry about all the other stuff. I'm going to stay in your presence and stay connected to you and operate in your peace. That is my portion. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Will you stay in his presence? Will you stay Will you, uh, will you let him show up in his sovereign power and be that air cover and carry peace with you wherever you go? That is our job in this. That's our responsibility. The Holy Spirit's the one that produces the fruit. We don't do it. He's the one that does it. Would you join with me in prayer today? Let's just lift up our hands and we're just going to spend a moment or two in the presence of God as Judah plays. Uh, we're just going to spend a moment just receiving the peace of the Lord. I believe that, you know, so many people are very tormented with anxious thoughts, fears about the future, fears about the present, fears about what's going to happen. How's the world going to work itself out? What's going to happen? And today that doesn't really matter. What matters is, are you in the presence of God and are you receiving his peace? Are you drinking deeply of his presence? Because he's here. There's a song that my kids really like right now. It's called Not Safe. And the song goes, he's a good God. But good God, he is not safe. He's a good, good God, but good God, he is not safe. Talking about the power of God. You know, the kids go, what does that mean that God's not safe? We go, well, remember the story of Narnia when they talk about Aslan and they say, is he a tame lion? And they say, no, no, he's not tame, but he's good. God does not have a life of perfect safety for you. He has a life of beautiful destiny. Jesus told his disciples, get in a boat and go out on the lake. And then there was a storm. God will send you into storms. The God that created heaven and earth knew there was a pandemic in 2020. He wasn't surprised. And yet he called you to be a, a person that makes disciples. God knew that you would go through the circumstances and the trials and the tribulations and the troubles and he didn't say, you're going to have a storm-free life. What he did say is you could have a storm-proof life if you would build your life on the rock of Jesus. and You'd stay in his presence. Pressure comes to crush you. Paul talks about it in scripture. He says, we are, we are pressed, but we are not crushed. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Pressure is always going to be there from the outside in, but your portion is to have peace, not stress, not to create this conflict on the inside. No, in the presence of God, there is peace. Let's drink it in today. Come on, lift up your hands. Jesus, we invite your presence in this place. In this moment, Lord, we invite you. Let your presence flow. Your presence fill the room today. Let's just worship him today and spend just a minute in his presence.
There is nothing like your presence, Lord. There is nothing like your presence, Lord. I will wait upon you. There is nothing like your presence, Lord. Come and pour it out on your children. Let the world around grow strangely dim. Oh, let your spirit flow. Let the fruit grow. We want more of you in this place. Come on, just begin to cry out. We want more, we want more, we want more. More of your spirit, Lord. I want to live inside your presence, Jesus. There is nothing like, there is nothing like your presence. You bring peace in the atmosphere. Oh, in your presence, no fear, no fear, no fear can stand against you. No fear, no fear, no fear can stand against you. Oh, where you are, there is peace, oh Lord. There is freedom, there is joy. Drink it in today. There is nothing like your presence. There is nothing like your presence. We put our eyes on you, set our affection on you, Lord, set our hearts upon you, God. Don't want anything else but you, Jesus. Right now, God's just breaking chains off of your life, fear, depression, discouragement. In his presence, none of that can exist. We run to the presence of God. That is our strength. That is the well that we drink from. Come on, we, we stay in his presence. There's no strategy. There's no therapy. There's no book. There's no course. There's nothing that does more than the presence of God. Let's live in his presence. Let's dwell in his presence. There is nothing like your presence. There's nothing like your presence, God. Bringing peace in the atmosphere as we put our eyes on you, put our hearts upon you, God. We drink deep of your presence, Lord. Nothing like your presence. Nothing like your presence. Lord, I pray for your people today. I thank you that we are the sheep of your pasture and you lead us beside still waters. You lead us in the green pastures. God, I pray that we would drink the water of your presence. We'd feast upon your word. We'd be fulfilled and live at peace despite the storms, despite the conflict, Lord. In your presence, there is always peace. We love you, Lord. We give you this time. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. You know, the first most important step you can take 
is to put your faith in Jesus because like the scripture says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. Our sins, our shortcomings, our decisions that have hurt God, hurt ourselves, hurt others, they separated us from God. But God made a way for us to be at peace with him through his son, Jesus. Jesus came, lived a perfect life, gave his life on the cross and died for your sins and mine, made a way for us to be at peace with God. And right now is a moment where you can put your faith and trust in Jesus. So if you're here today or you're watching online or on replay, this is a moment. Today's the day of salvation. You can put your faith in Jesus. Would you just raise your hand so I can see? Pastor Jake, I want to trust in Jesus today. I want to put my faith in him. Thank you. I want to trust in Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I want to put my faith in Jesus. Awesome. And we're going to pray this prayer together, all of us together. Pray with us along online as well. Dear Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I know that I've not lived up to your standard. But I thank you for your grace and mercy. Revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be reconciled with God. I give you my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.